You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham, and with me, as always, is Miss Madison Morris. What's up, Madison? Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast once again. Woo, the Thunder won their third straight, Madison. Everybody's happy again. Oh, yes. Lots of happy people here in Oklahoma City. Can you blame them, though? That's awesome. Yeah, 0-4 start. They've won three straight. Their first win on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Of course, they have to go right back onto the court tomorrow night and play the Washington Wizards. Uh, So that's going to be a tough, tough call, tough out for them, considering how much energy they had to use in the late, the mid to late third quarter into the fourth quarter tonight. But having said that, it's just another great um, second half um, effort from this team. Um, Let's see. I I had it like at the 349 mark of the, or actually, no, that's the first quarter. Around the two minute mark of the second quarter, um, the Hornets hit a three, and then after that, into the about midway into the third quarter, the Hornets outscored the Thunder nineteen to three, and they hit their first three three pointers of the third quarter, and it just looked like the floodgates were about to open. Uh, the Hornets ended up going up by nineteen, and it just looked like it wasn't in the cards for the Thunder, which was going to be a shame considering that uh, both teams shot horrendously from the uh, three point line. Both teams shot horrendously overall. But the Thunder still had their chances in the first half to at least, um, you know, take advantage of that poor shooting from the Hornets. And uh, like I said, early on in the third quarter, just looked like this was going to be a game the Thunder were going to get blown out. Um, but then Alex Brinis just <laughs> just turns into uh, Ray Allen <laughs> and just can't miss from. Si, um, senor. Yeah, just couldn't miss from deep. Was even was even putting the ball on the floor a few times and was playing some pretty sound defense. He's been playing some good defense overall, but um, I mean Madison, it's just another example of how strong this Thunder bench can be. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you're looking at some of these numbers from the first half, and it is just horrendous. By the end of the first quarter, Thunder were one of nine from the three point. Hornets were zero of nine. This just was not a strong point for either team tonight and man I agree with you Brady watching the first of that third quarter I was just like man the Thunder are in for it I don't see how they're gonna pull this off tonight it's not looking to go their way the Hornets were pulling with the Thunder pulled uh the this past home game and just had a tremendous first start of that quarter but the Thunder came out really firing at the end of the third quarter never really looked back you just hats off to Alex Abrinas, man. He was killing it tonight. He led the Thunder on a 16-2 run, has 25 points, surpasses his career high. That's just awesome for Alex because I think a lot of people doubt him sometimes and just don't really see him as much of anything other than that three-point shooter when we need it, if he's able to hit it. He just did awesome tonight, and yeah, I just I was really, really impressed by the, the end of this game. It was fun to watch. I know a lot of people enjoyed watching this. Maybe not people in Charlotte, but hats off to the Thunder. That was, that was a really good finish right there. 
Yeah, Brina scored 15 points in the around the eight minutes that he played in the third quarter. It was a spectacular showing for him, and the rest of the team certainly fed off of it. And which this is this win, you know, everyone's going to talk about Alex Brinas, and rightfully so. Obviously, his best game probably as a member of the Thunder in the three years that he's been with Oklahoma City, but. Paul George was 0 for 10 in this game from the three-point line. He was 4 for 20 overall, only had 11 points, didn't score his first points of the second half until the 233 mark when he got to the foul line. He ended ended up taking, um, I think, three, or he ended up scoring three uh, points on four free throw um, shots um, from that point. Um, but surprisingly, what kept the Thunder afloat in the first half before Abrinas kind of got hot was the Thunder's um, free throw shooting. Um, the Thunder shot 14 of 19 from the free throw line in the first half. And if they had shot their average, which I don't know what their average percentage wise is off the top of my head, but it's certainly not 14 of 19. <laughs> Good. If they just shot their average, the Thunder <laughs> probably would have got blown out in that third quarter. And even a, an Abrinas explosion in the third probably wouldn't have helped this team much going into the fourth. No, I agree with that. Just because the the score at the end was it wasn't like a complete and total blowout by the Thunder. It's still impressive, but not a blowout. So I definitely think that the Thunder having a really good night at the free throw line helped out tremendously. But yeah, you're looking at some of these percentages. The Thunder only shot thirty point four percent from the field in the first half alone. They increased that number to what around like fifty three percent in the second half. So you know, that's really what is saving the Thunder and just helping them to get this first road win. So that was great for them. Yeah, Paul George not exactly having a great night. It was a little slow for him on the offensive side, but you have to also look that Paul had, oh gosh, where did I say? He had 10 rebounds, four steals, and three blocks. So he he had some good stuff going on on the court. There was definitely a purpose for him out there tonight, just definitely not hitting those shots that we know him to hit and that you know thunder fans are really wanting to see him hit and rely on him to get yeah and you know kind of what's what you you just said in that he was still giving out positive outputs on other sides of um, on other spots on the floor other than obviously his terrible shooting night um in the past in the first seven games paul george's foul trouble and his uh, defense has kind of bled into him not shooting well tonight he just didn't shoot well but that didn't stop him from not getting in foul trouble from making good defensive um getting on good defensive possessions getting key rebounds making the mm-hmm. extra pass on some attempts in the uh, third quarter when he kind of understood yeah it's like yeah it's not my night um paul george and stephen Adams kind of were in that same boat tonight stephen Adams struggled mightily under the rim uh just couldn't get anything to fall had an offensive um he had an offensive goaltending on a pretty good putback. Um, it just wasn't his <laughs> night, but still, him and um, he and Paul George um, really helped the Thunder extend possessions and basically show that this team, even if they're not shooting well, they can still win tough games. They can still win games, and it kind of goes back to that Clippers that Clippers win the other night, where the Thunder didn't really shoot well at all in the first half, especially from the free throw line, and they were able to still put together. Um, handful of great defense possessions start knocking down shots and basically show the NBA that that's the recipe for Thunder success is defense leading to some um, putting some shots through the hoop leading to your opponent going cold. Um, yeah, it was, it was just amazing considering 
what was it, around the four-minute mark of the third quarter, the Thunder starters were 0 for 12 from three and 10 of 40 from the field. It was Yikes. terrible. <laughs> Yikes. And, and that's not yeah, the, that that's, is definitely terrible. And that's not to say that the Hornets, it, the Hornets didn't play some pretty good defense. They Both teams defended the three fairly well. I mean, you don't combine for, what was it, two of 24 in the, like, early on midway into the second quarter and, and it just be just a bunch of missed open open looks there were some pretty good defense played on both sides of the floor for both teams um but having said that it was still kind of an abysmal night but kind of sadly it's kind of par for the course for the thunder but they've at least given themselves a, pl- a blueprint on how they can still win basketball games yeah absolutely and talking about how teamwork makes the dream work. You're looking at this, it says Thunder had only four assists in the first half alone. Four. And then the Thunder come out of the locker room at halftime, pick up 16 assists in the second half alone. That really goes to say something that, you know, when you are throwing it out to your teammates, helping your teammates get better looks, there was a point where Paul George had a wide open three, but at this point he had been 0 of 10 from beyond the arc and he <laughs> kicked it back out to Alex he was like no I don't want that so you know it's good to utilize your teammates see where they are on the courts have good court vision make smart decisions on the offensive side and that really seemed to be working for the Thunder tonight picking up oh gosh what was it a total of 20 assists that's that's pretty good especially when 16 of those came from your second half alone yeah this team is definitely different when it's able to Get good, good, good stops on defense. Be able to run the floor. The team is the offense is just so much more fluid, and this team makes I think they make better and efficient, more efficient decisions when they're playing faster. When they're slowing down, they tend to overthink things. They they tend to rely on isolation shooting, especially from Russell and Paul George. And then when Dennis Schroeder comes on the floor, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. When those three are able to run and get turnovers, this is a completely different basketball team. And I know it's a little silly to just sit here and say that that is sustainable, but no matter on no matter what level you're playing playing at, whether it's Pee Wee, you know, rec rec leagues, high school, college, professional, you can always sustain effort. You can always sustain playing smart defense. And this team, with its athleticism and its length, especially when guys like Alex Abrinas are making that next step on defense. They can put together a lot of nights like this. This this isn't just some type of flash in the pan like that third quarter. Um, a lot of people thought that third quarter was going to be with the Clippers the other night. The Thunder pretty much did the same thing. They just didn't outscore the, the Hornets 39-10. to um, I mean, I, I tweeted this out, Madison. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but these third quarter outputs, um, even in some of their losses, I'll just go ahead and list them off because there's only a few, but at Golden State, the Thunder outscored the Warriors 32 to 26. At LA, the Thunder outscored the Clippers 31-23. Sacramento 34 to 29. Boston was of course the outlier where the Thunder were outscored 40 to 23. Phoenix 34 to 28. LA 39 to 10. And then tonight, uh, the Thunder and the Hornets tied at 29. But that's amazing considering that the Hornets outscored the Thunder to start the third quarter 16 to 3. It's it's just it's it's a it's a yeah. complete flip of the team last year where the Thunder would build some pretty big um, first quarter <laughs> second quarter leads going into halftime and then just come out absolutely flat in the third quarter and lose a lot of their games because they just could not stop the bleeding. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I really think there were a lot of good things that worked for the Thunder tonight. And, um, you know, I, I was looking at this and Alex Abrinas and Dennis combined for 46 points tonight. And that has to be very comforting for Thunder fans, knowing that you have a bench unit that is so dominant and powerful on the court when they're on there together. And, you know, Dennis and Alex definitely stepped it up in this third quarter. And I know a lot of people, including myself, are crediting Alex for basically reviving the Thunder and bringing them back into play in that second half. But you got to look at Dennis Schroeder. He was, he had a pretty loud second half, I would say. He was awesome. And he definitely had some good looks. He played some good defense. And when you, like I said before, like when you have a bench unit that's that strong, you have to have some sort of comfort putting people like Russell Westbrook back on the bench, putting people like Steven Adams back on the bench. And, you know, when you have a bench unit that that's, that's that powerful, then, yeah, I think Thunder fans are in for a good season this this year. And I guess only time will tell. Hopefully they can turn it back around and get that win over the Wizards tomorrow night. We've actually got quite a few questions. We won't get to the questions just yet, but kind of what we were talking about, that kind of bleeds into a question that we were asked, and it was specifically about the Thunder bench and how they match up against the rest of the benches in the league. And that was from uh, at Dr. Dave Tran. Uh, thank you so much, sir, for listening and asking Hi, questions Dave. for the podcast. Um, I thought going into the year that the Thunder's bench had a chance to crack the top five in the league. Now, you're still going to have like teams like Boston, Toronto, um, even though mm-hmm. Houston is kind of a shell of their former selves early on. I mean, James Harden is still hurt. He's still out with that uh, bum <laughs> hamstring. Um, we all know the firepower that they're capable of, but the Thunder, I mean, with, with additions like Dennis Schroeder, Nerlens Noel, two guys that have already made impacts on the floor. You've already, you've already seen them make positive impacts on the floor for the Thunder in multiple occasions. The Thunder have a great chance at cracking the top five in, in terms of a bench unit. And quite frankly, um, this has been the first in these first seven or eight games, this has been probably one of the first times in um, the last four or five years that Thunder fans could probably watch their team and see the bench lead a run. I mean, any like how many times have we seen mm-hmm. Alex Abrinas' defense lead to some quick Thunder runs or Hamadou Diallo's energy, Dennis Schroeder, Nerlens Noel um, picking up, uh, getting their lob game going. This bench unit is very impressive, and they're finally starting to understand how athletic and how talented they are, and they're just kind of are starting to put it all together and they're building some good momentum going into the year. Yeah, no doubt. And not even really a bench player anymore, but you got to look at Jeremy Grant. I feel like he has developed this entire new form of self-confidence now that he's been put in that starting lineup. And I, I don't know if I'll ever truly consider him a starter unless that is definitely his secure spot for the rest of the season. But if he does get knocked down back to that bench, he has shown us in the past couple of games that he is ready to play. He is ready to make plays for the Thunder. He's ready to come on that court and leave it all out there. And, you know, he had a lot of great opportunities tonight. He knocked down maybe like one or two threes. He had some good dunks, had some good lobs. It was just, it was a good night for Jeremy Grant as well. And so, you know, the more that this team, or not even this team, the more that this season unveils, it's, it should be a really comfortable for this fan base just seeing that this team is ready to go and you know whoever you put out there they're going to make some good plays they might they might scare fans a little bit but 
it's going to happen with every team and it's going to happen throughout the season. So nothing to get too worried about right now. And going three and four, I think they're the Thunder is on a good run right now. Uh, third straight win um, after starting 0-4, like we said. Um, before we get, we have quite a few questions, Madison, so we'll pr- probably get into that in just a little bit. But awesome. like, one more observation, because the other than the obviously the beginning of the third quarter, um, the second half wasn't all pretty for the Thunder. Um, something that has no. plagued this team um, for even going back to Kev- the Kevin Durant years. Um, just a little observation I had, and it was towards the beginning of the fourth quarter where um, the Thunder were either were down, like th- like the Hornets and the Thunder were s- starting to trade three-point baskets, starting to just trade baskets overall. The Thunder were just pretty much down three um, every time they got the ball in offense. Dennis Schroeder would just walk down the floor and pull up a th- just pull up a three-pointer at the top of the key uh, without trying to move the ball and it it could have led to some, it could have led to a Hornets run because Schroeder tried it twice, uh, missed badly on both. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is he's a much better catch and shoot three pointer uh, three point shooter, and he I mean he kind of proved that tonight. He hit um, what ended up being close to being a dagger three off of a catch and shoot three from a, a pass from Russell who penetrated towards uh, into the paint, found Schroeder on the corner uh, or on the elbow, excuse me. Um, the, those types of plays, especially when you, with the momentum um, that you've built has been because of ball movement and because of defense and energy, that can just, even if it's just one miss, that can just suck the life out of a team. When you just walk down the floor, chuck up a shot, and it hits the side of the rim, bounces off straight to um, a defender, and then the Hornets are just back on the floor running. That could just kill all the momentum that you've mm-hmm. been able to build and that's something that Billy really needs to, I mean, that's going to be a problem for the Thunder because Russell tried to do it in the beginning of the third quarter when the Hornets went on their 16-3 run. Um, after not taking a three-point shot mm-hmm. in the first half, he started chucking up two or three. I can't remember. I think it was probably two, and he missed badly. And Russell and Schroeder are not three-point shooters, and that's when you see them try to take those shots is either to tie it, to hit the dagger shot, or um, when the Thunder are down. And if they're, a- if they're able to cut back on those just a little bit more, you know, this team can really build on that momentum that we've seen in these second halves. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I don't really want the Thunder to completely rely on those three-point shots when time is crucial. I feel like the game before this maybe gave the Thunder a little bit more confidence than they needed at that three point because they just came out firing this entire game you know luckily uh, it it worked for them a couple of times but yeah I agree with you Brady I don't want to see players like Dennis and Russell getting those looks on three and I when it comes down to it I really don't think that those two are the ones that are going to deliver those long shots that this Thunder team needs to pull out for a win so yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that completely. Well, Madison, we like I said, we do have quite a bit of questions, so um, let's try to be nice to everybody and get them all out there while we can. So I'll just um, I'll just find the first one and ask, and you can either throw it to me or you can a- answer it yourself. So I'll just leave it up to you. All righty, let's do it. All right, and this one comes from Westbrook and Thunderfan at let's see, let's see, what's the handle at Westbrook Fan Seven. What do you think about Paul George playing the four? He ended up playing the four for like the about most of the most of the time he was out there in the fourth quarter, I think. 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to look at this game and just say, oh, Garrett Hall at the four. Like, I don't think that's his spot. You know, I think these guys, they're going to have off games. They're going to have off shooting nights. That's just kind of part of the game. And especially, you know, it's still young in the season. People might still be shaking off a little bit of rust. I don't know, Paul George has been reliable in the past at that position. I don't think it's time to take him off yet. I think it's good to see, you know, how he's going to perform at that later on down the season if we keep going with him at the four position. And my curiosity is who would you put there instead of Paul George? Well, I think I think it was a smart decision tonight just because, you know, Paul was having such a terrible night shooting. And I think playing the four puts him in more of a position to utilize his other skills more so than – just basically running around the wing, trying to run curl off screens to get open. I, yeah. I just, I basically, I don't think, I, I don't think Billy wanted Paul to take a lot more, more any more three pointers tonight. Um, <laughs> it, it's something that the Thunder certainly can use in their arsenal. Uh, Paul George has proven over his career that he's able to defend um, guys bigger than him. Um, uh, it's just going to be something that the Thunder can use in certain spots. Now, I don't think it's something you want to rely on, but, um, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument, everyone wants to compare everybody to the Warriors. I would take Paul George, if Paul, if Billy decides to put Paul George up against Draymond Green, I'll take that matchup. I think that, I think it's a fair matchup if you're a Thunder fan. Yeah. And Paul had a couple of good looks on defense there at the end. He was able to make a huge block, which knocked it back to Dennis, who actually got blocked by Cody Zeller. But then, oh God, it, he was erased. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty bad. That was a good way to end the game. But then Paul was able to go back on the other side of the court and get another block, and he he did great. What did I say he finished with? Like three blocks, four steals, ten rebounds. Yeah, yeah, I think he really utilized his position tonight, and so that was fantastic on his part. Just maybe not really the offensive side, but hey. Yeah, it was just a night, you know. Yeah, if you're gonna go over from the floor on um from or from three point line, uh, you might as well get ten rebounds and a handful of steals and some assists. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And poor Zell <laughs> and poor Zeller, he has that awesome block that really gave the Hornets some life because if Schroeder hits that layup, I think that would have been probably a, just trying to remember the score at the time. That would have been probably the dagger. Zeller keeps the Hornets alive, but then about two possessions later, Russell Westbrook goes sham got on him and hits the da- on the dagger <laughs> layup. It was, it was pretty. Ugh, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> yes, Mister Zach Flowers at Zach Flower Zach underscore Flowers. Excuse me. Um, so far this season, who do you think the best bench player for OK is for OKC? Hmm. I'd say Alex Abrinas. Yeah. No, I, mean, I would say Alex Sabrinas as well. Not yeah. just because of tonight, but because of past games as well. Yeah. Nerlens had the big um, uh, 25-15 and 15 night, uh, the game against uh, Phoenix when uh, Steven Adams was, was hurt. Um, but he still had some trouble staying on the floor because of foul trouble. Um, I think Billy is going to try mm-hmm. and figure out ways in which to keep him on the floor a little bit longer um, because even still – He's making a lot of positive things happen, but basically he just hasn't been on the floor as much. Um, Hamadou Diallo, kind of the same thing. He's had a lot of positive energy. He's added a lot to this to this bench unit to make to probably help them put, get put over the top in terms of uh, uh, competing against other other benches in the league. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, kind of the same thing. Um, you know what he's going to bring you. Um, he's a score. He's a score for his point guard. He's been able to develop some nice chemistry with Nerlens Noel and Stephen Adams. 
but uh, his lack of shooting um, from deep is still going to hurt this team to, um, you know, every once in a while. But that kind of leaves it to Alex, and Alex has just been the most complete bench player, I think, for the Thunder, just both defensively and shooting-wise. He's really he's really been aggressive in his shooting, and he's not been been afraid to put the ball on the floor, and he's not been afraid to get his hands dirty on defense, and it's just kind of resulted in... I mean, tonight, Alex Brinis won the Thunder this game. Yeah, I agree with Brinis that. I want to say Alex is probably who I would say is the best bench player right now because yes Nerland's had his night and he has a couple of good looks like here and there but I I don't know I see Alex Abrinas and he takes a bunch of those opportunities when he gets them and he definitely won this game tonight so Alex I would agree he had he had some really good defensive stops too he was able to hold a bunch of those Hornets players from making that's that they're known for. I mean, the Hornets are one of the best offensive teams in the league right now. So you have to take your hats off to the Thunder tonight to holding them the way that they did. So, yeah, I would agree with you that Alex is pretty good. This is a close second for me just because, you know, he had a night like tonight. And that was that was great. And he takes a lot of those uh, drive to the baskets that we know Russ to do. So I see a lot of resemblance in his playing style to Russ, which makes me and probably a lot of other people say, oh, well, he is the best off the bench guy. But you got to see Alex Abrinas is a more powerful player right now. And I think he really proved that tonight for sure. Ooh, we got a little bit of breaking news, actually. I don't know if you just saw it. <laughs> Eric Horn from the Oklahoman just tweeted out a video clip of Paul George in the locker room. And Paul said that ever since the game against the Hawks, and that would be the um, preseason game in Tulsa a few weeks ago, um, Paul says that he's been dealing with a nagging nerve issue in his left foot, and he dubbed it dead foot, whatever that means. Really? So that's that's pretty interesting. Yay. I mean, we, we've seen what a little nagging injury can do to Paul George. Uh, especially, I mean, just mm-hmm. go back to the postseason last year where he – he was just pretty much afraid to touch the ball because his elbow had what, what, how many pounds of fluid just kind of swimming around in in his arm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. And and I I don't want to, I don't, I don't like using an injury excuse ever. Um, but you know, when these, when these types of players are not comfortable, especially guys like Paul George who rely on their shooting, if they're not comfortable, it's probably going to show. So I'm wondering how much this issue is can be to blame for his terrible shooting outside of a strong third quarter against LA and a strong third quarter against the Warriors. I mean, he's been pretty pretty average or below average in a lot of these uh, games. Yeah, I mean, that... That sucks. If an injury is no joke, and if it's a dead foot, <laughs> is he basically saying, I can't feel my left foot at all? Because that, that's unfortunate. Um, but mean, yeah, does that no, mean I his foot? Like, can't it, really look at this. Is his foot numb? Wait, what were you saying? I mean, is this his foot numb <laughs> or something? I guess I, it, I'm having, like, he said dead foot. And you know when you get, like, you're sitting in a position for too long and your leg goes completely numb? It's a dead leg. So I guess he's running up and down the court and he can't feel his left foot. Let's see. I, I just typed in nerve issue and foot and then dead foot on Google. And it says most commonly <laughs> <laughs> foot drop is caused by an injury to the uh, per- perennial nerve. The perennial nerve is a branch of the sciatic nerve that wraps from the back of the knee to the front of the shin. Injury to the perennial nerve may be associated with pain or numbness along the shin or the top of the foot. Um, sciatic nerve is nothing to 
la- um, nothing to laugh at here. Um, I wish I wish my girlfriend was here. She would actually probably have an idea of what this <laughs> is and help me diagnose it a little bit better than Google. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, let's plow through the rest of these questions real quick, though, Madison. All right. Um, this comes from at DN4STY. I'm assuming that just means at DNasty. Uh, Donnie Hazelwood asks, does OKC have a power four that is currently playing at a rotation level player level? So between uh, Jeremy Grant and um, Patrick Patterson, I mean, obviously, I think Jeremy Grant has proven to be a really good fit with the starters. And outside, I of t- would agree with that. And, you know, Patterson kind of Patterson, you know, he's had his struggles, but overall, he's still a reliable player, even though last year was kind of a roller coaster up and down the year for him. And the beginning of this year certainly was kind of much the same. But in the last two games, he's really shown what he's capable of. Tonight, he was, you know, I think he was 0 for 3 to start off um, the game from from the three-point line. And I actually don't think, I don't know, I can't remember if he took another shot. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did not. Yeah. He finished with three rebounds, no assists, no points, only played seven minutes. Um, But, like, but kind of what we were talking about with Paul George at the four, the Thunder... They may not have a go-to power forward. I mean, Jeremy Grant can give you a lot. Can't give you all of it, but he can give you he can give you a good amount. But when you have Paul George or, or a guy like that, you can slide over to the four. It's not necessarily a pressing pressing issue that the Thunder basically need a power forward. That's not that's not their problem. Their problems lie in just being able to knock shots down and hit free throws. Yeah, and you know, Jeremy Grant, he is just getting getting better and better with every game. And like I said kind of earlier in the podcast, I really think that has a lot to do with the confidence that he has obtained being in the starting lineup. And I'm, I'll be the first to say I was completely gun-ho about Patrick Patterson having that fourth spot or that fifth spot. But now I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe I was a little bit wrong about that. I, I think Jeremy has really proven himself. He, pay, he played 25 minutes tonight, had 10 points, was, well, well one of three from three and three or seven from the field. But I guess plays were actually pretty monumental, and they helped the Thunder a lot. He brought a lot of energy to the court, as he did when he was back on Thunder's court, and you know, I just think I think he's doing a really good job in that starting five. I think that he meshes a lot better with people like Russ and Steven and Paul. And so, yeah, I really think that I'm definitely leaning more towards Team Jeremy Grant right now, if that's even a thing. Boom. Adam, Adam Halter at IA Punk. <laughs> um, oh. ask what, and I'll, I'll let you just take this one, Madison. Would you rather fight right. one giant Stephen Adams or a hundred tiny Stephen Adams? Oh, I don't know. I feel like one giant Stephen Adams would just be like running into a freight train. Well, you could probably like get away. From, you could probably get away from him. <laughs> you're an, uh, you're an yeah, athlete. You can know. get away from him. I can run. I can run pretty fast. But I can run I don't like know, the wind I blows. Have, I can run like the wind blows. But. <laughs> I don't know if there were 10, did you say 10, 10 tiny ones? A hundred tiny Steven Adams. Oh, a hundred tiny. Oh yeah, probably not. I'm going to go with the one then. Cause I agree with Brady. I think I could probably outrun one of them, but if I had a hundred tiny ones coming at me, yeah, no, yeah, it would be a game over right there. 
Yeah, Halloween's over. I don't want to think about that right now. Um, <laughs> Kim Pingleton at Kim Pingleton asked, does anyone know why the trainer Joe Sharp left the Thunder? I have absolutely no idea. I would probably assume he just, I mean, he was with the Thunder for 10 years. I'm going to assume that he just wanted a different opportunity or probably got some more money. You know, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, from I, the from the really broadcast, know. it said that, you know, the players still love him. And I'm surely it wasn't something something bad why he left. But, I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing at this point. Yeah, from the broadcast, they were saying that he went back to Charlotte. So maybe he was, like, originally from that area. He had family there, saw a better opportunity there. I don't know. Patrick Robertson, a um, frequent listener of the show. So thank you, Patrick, for listening to the OKC83 podcast. Thanks, Patrick. appreciate it. Asks, and this is actually kind of a good question, is Hami faster with the ball than Russell? And I'll just say on that steal Ooh. in the second half where Hamadou Diallo got the turnover, dribbles down the floor, you know, just races down the floor and ends up with the dunk. On the replay, you could see, um, you can see it from the behind the goal. Behind the goal, Russell is running full speed, thinking that he could probably, you know, either clean up a missed layup or Hami could probably lob it to him. He's running full speed, and Hami is is pretty much the same speed. Hamadou Diallo is is. <laughs> Hamadou Diallo is good. <laughs> yes, he is good. And I I don't know if I would say Hamadou Diallo has the same speed as Russ, but I think he has the exact same fearlessness as Russ and the valiance that Russ has out on the court. Because you see Hami make a couple of rookie mistakes here and there, but, I mean, duh, he's a rookie. That's going to happen. But he's pretty fearless. There are a couple of times he just slams it down on some of those NBA vets, and he does not care. You go, Hami. <laughs> um, Kim also asks, um, Kim, uh, Kim Pingleton, that is, are they not playing Felton to give some of the new players um, to the team more playing time to learn the system? There have been games where I felt he would have really brought bal- a balance and a spark. Really curious on TLC, um, also not getting time. Uh, the Thunder have two really good point guards, and you rarely, rarely see teams throw out three point guards. I think that's just kind of the case, and... A player mm-hmm. of Raymond Felton's stature, meaning a player like Raymond Felton who's been in the league for a long time and been on some good teams, um, played a lot of great basketball. I, I just I don't think I would just think a veteran of that of that magnitude probably would just I, I don't think Billy wants to throw him out there for two token minutes a night because that's all he would probably get. If, if if it's basically a matter of I want to try and get as many players out there as possible, Raymond is probably only going to get two to three minutes a night if that's the case, and I think that's a little bit of overkill at this point. The Thunder bench is great as it is. Yeah, I I would agree with that too. I don't see why Billy would want to throw out a third point guard when you have someone like Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder throwing it down like they do on a nightly basis, and. I think Raymond will get some playing time later on down the road, but I hate to admit it, but I think it will be more when we have a, a, I don't know, when the Thunder have a comfortable lead. And that hasn't really happened yet. So I think Raymond will be on the bench here and there for a little bit. But same with people like Abdul Nader and Tim. You know, the Thunder, they just need that comfortable lead first before they throw those guys out there. And, uh, even though Ray's been a vet, he's been pretty, I don't know, crucial to the Thunder offense here and there in the past seasons. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the Thunder are going to hold out for when it's when it's time to, you know, put those guys out there and put 
starters like Russ and even off the bench point guards like Dennis back on the bench for a little while for some rest. Last question of the night comes from Greg L at full metal jacket 77 or just full M jacket seven, seven, excuse me. Um, still too many threes, 20 to 25 is about as many threes as they should take. I guarantee that they would have a lot more points if they would not have shot 37 threes and only make eight. That's 12 shots they could have had in the paint. Am I wrong? Um, I, I, in theory, I don't think you're wrong um, because we know how capable of a shooting team this team is. They're not very capable because you've got guys like Russell, Dennis Schroeder who are going to be touching the ball a lot, and they on their own are not good three-point shooters. And then you're relying on other guys like uh, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson, guys that have been inconsistent at best in their time with the Thunder from the three-point line. And then pro- probably your best three-point shooter, either Paul George or Alex Abrinas, um, Paul, extremely streaky, and Alex, other than tonight, doesn't get that many opportunities. It's going to be interesting to see how Billy kind of plays him tomorrow night, considering he's always kind of had, like, health issues with his back, with his knees. Um, will he be able to keep that up on the second night of a back-to-back? It's going to be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Thunder took, what, 28 threes against the um, Clippers the other night. Wasn't that right, Madison? Yeah, it was something. It was definitely close to that number. Yeah, and or maybe and, right at that number. And we kind of agreed on that podcast that yeah, that's about as many threes as I would like to see the Thunder take. And, mm-hmm. but having said that, the way the league is, and the way that you know Billy Dolman has always said, like you need to generate three point shots because even if they're not going in, you need to make the defense honest so you can open up the lane for guys like Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder. So taking those threes, um it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, yes, you'd like to hit a good percentage of them, but even if you're not, if they're play- if the players that are taking them are Abrinas, Paul George, and even guys like Schroeder and, and Russell Westbrook, I mean, you probably pull a lot of guys in the league. They're, they probably would tell you that despite their shooting percentage, they're not trying to let Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook just shoot an open three. Yeah, and like looking at some of this, the Thunder were only 42.7% from the field tonight. They were 41 of 96 shots that they took. So I don't really think, yeah, the paint wasn't exactly their strong suit tonight. Um, Yeah, they took 37 shots from three, only made eight of them. That's, you know, probably not great. And, uh, yeah, they're going to go from there. I I would say, yeah, maybe the three-point definitely isn't something that the Thunder should be looking at too often. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, free throw shooting, uh, Alex Abrinas and Russell Westbrook's fourth quarter definitely won this game. <laughs> Thank you, free throw shooting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that'll probably wrap it up for us. This will probably be our longest episode so far. Um, we had a lot of great questions, so that's exciting. Yeah, thank you guys so much for always contributing to the show. I definitely think the questions from Twitter, like they make this show a lot or maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're a lot. It it's a lot more, more fun. To talk about. It's a lot more fun when people are uh, listening. So it's interactive. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC eighty two podcast. And as always, I will ask, um, please don't be afraid to comment, leave ratings on iTunes, on Twitch, on or not on Twitch. I don't think we're on Twitch. We're not on Twitch yet. Um, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on wherever you're listening. You know, please leave a comment or a rating because we're always trying to get better. Um, yeah. And 
share the share the show. Whenever we post it out on Twitter or Facebook, please uh, share it and let your friends know about it so that they can subscribe and have fun with us as well. Because how many of these games we got left, Mass? And I'm not, I don't I'm not really good at math right now. Uh, what did we play tonight? Was this our was this the seventh? The Thunder are three and four, so the, yes. If my calculations so, uh, are correct. Eighty-two minus seven. Yeah, I'm a journalist, so I didn't really take <laughs> a lot of math in college. <laughs> yeah, I can do effective field goal percentage, but don't ask me eighty-two minus seven right now. <laughs> yeah, don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest. I oh well, know. we've got about we've got a quite <laughs> yeah, a handful have, left. There's but, a lot of games left. Yeah, we've got a, quite a handful left, but. Yeah, that's where we'll, we'll, we will end it. Um, Madison, thank you for staying up tonight and joining me on the Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Good show, everybody. Thank you for all the interactions on Twitter and everywhere else, wherever that, that may be. Thank you guys so much for listening to tonight's OKC82 podcast. Once again, the Thunder defeat the Charlotte Hornets 111-107 to for their third straight victory. The Thunder are now 3-4. and four. And they will head to our nation's capital tomorrow night where they will play the Washington Wizards at, uh, I believe that's a 7 o'clock tip-off Oklahoma um, time, but I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a 7 yes, o'clock that tip-off. Yes, yeah. that is correct. Yeah, so stay tuned with um, 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa, thefranchiseok.com, and the OKC82 podcast. But for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham signing off. Good night, everybody. <laughs>